And welcome to the Real Money Show, the number to begin investing right now. One eight seven seven eight Silver online. The website's GuildhallWealth.com. Information there: the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit, and a couple things that are still rolling on here uh, with Guildhall. You should be aware of: for every ten one hundred ounce bars of silver you purchase through a depository account, you will get one ten ounce bar absolutely free. And if you are investing uh, every five thousand dollars U.S. into an RSP account, you will get a gram of gold courtesy of the guys as well. Reminder, David H. Smith coming up here, Senior Analyst for The Morgan Report, a very cool, informative interview hosted by Darren here coming up in just a, uh, a little bit on The Real Money Show. Guys, it's uh, it's back for another week. Back for another week, yes. Mm-hmm. We've got uh, some great articles that came out this week that we're going to put into the Precious Metal Advisor. So if you like what you're hearing or you want to get more details on it, course, you can sign up to the Precious Metal Advisor. And before we get to the pricing in the market, mm-hmm. I want to discuss uh, right out the gate here an article by Byron King from The Daily Reckoning. In this article, he compares the amount of claimants on physical gold at the commodities exchange and that the ratio is so out of whack that you would have better chances of your kids getting into Harvard, <laughs> Yale, and Stanford than you would getting your product out of the comics. So it's paper gold. It's nothing but paper gold. They're saying that right now, the amount of claimants to actual physical gold on the comics is 542 to one. (laughs) Now, what we can see is if you were looking at the chart, and again, sign up for the Precious Metal Advisor, you'll be able to look at, at what we're looking at here is pretty much up until 2013, it was flat. The amount of people that that could go in there and take their gold if they decided, nope, I'm done with my futures contract, deliver me the physical, uh, you could pretty much get it. And then all of a sudden, as of 2013, which, by the way, is when we officially entered our our micro bear market within a macro bull market, is how we like to say it, you also started to see a major drop in the amount of product available on the COMEX. So you had more and more claimants of paper, on, on, of paper, and you had less and less physical gold available. And of course, we've been discussing this for years that China, India, the Middle East, Russia are all buying gold, and this is where it's all going. Physical gold, yeah. Physical gold. Yep. So, so essentially what we're looking at is Byron King is, is saying that you know there's a lot of paper, there's almost no real gold, and this makes for a very high-risk scenario. Hypothecation on steroids, right? If you do not hold gold, this is a, this is a major problem. But if you do hold gold, mm-hmm. then you're in, you're in great shape because we strongly believe, as more and more people strongly believe, and we're going to talk about the very, very uber-wealthy people who believe that gold is, will essentially be revalued in price. And ultimately, when you hear about the next two articles that we talk about, I think you're going to come away with the thought that, okay... There's a window of opportunity to get involved in the precious metal market before the financial system gets reset, and those who are at the table are going to have that opportunity to be a part of it, aka Russia, aka China, mm-hmm. aka India. Um, you know, if the U.S. is holding a large portion of gold, then they will have a say, and of course, um, the European Union will have a say because they hold a lot of gold. The question is, is do you own gold as protection against central banks? So we're going to talk about that in just a few minutes, as well as what's happening price-wise this week in the market. One eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Reminder, David H. Smith will be joining us in just a bit here on The Real Money Show as well. Don't want to miss that interview. 
So just before we get on to the next article, I want to talk about uh, exchange rates and and price of, of metals. We did see a pullback in silver this month, uh, sorry, this week, as well as gold. And this is something we typically see actually going into long weekends uh, for U.S. holidays. Right. But what's interesting to note is that silver over the last couple of days as we're taping the show here on Thursday is down about 80 cents in U.S. Yeah. dollar terms. Of course, the exchange rate has moved the other way. At, when the price of silver was trading around 1730, 1740, we were at, at a posted rate of about 1.28. Right now, we're, we're cusping on 1.32, which actually translate in, translates into a pullback in silver for Canadians of about 36 cents, okay. hmm. which is, is, is not a lot to yeah. really write home about. But of course, this could be fodder for, uh, you know, uh, CNBC, MSN, or you know whatever the mainstream media is that might want to say, oh, the market's collapsing because the Fed jawboned a little bit and said that they're probably going to raise rates, which we know how well that worked the last time as the markets got very scared off by doing that. So not a lot happening in precious metals, but enough of a little bit of a pullback that mm-hmm. people seeking opportunities can certainly feel like they're getting, they're getting that opportunity to get involved in the market. So let's talk about uh, the next article that, it, again, is going to be in the Precious Metals newsletter, which is an article put out by Samuel Bryan from Schiff Gold. Uh, Peter Schiff is an analyst that we mm-hmm. we definitely um, look to in this market for guidance and uh, obviously knows a lot about what's happening in the economy and, and the gold market as well. And this is just a continuing report of central banks buying gold. And what this report is talking about, which it says the title is now is not a normal time, central banks buying piles of gold. And essentially what this article is talking about is that central banks do continue to buy gold. And in fact, they're they're... They're gaining speed. They're they're buying more and more as as things go on. Um, one of the best quotes from this is from Bernard Ah, strategist at IG Asia, who writes: "The negative interest rate environment and quantitative easing policies are reducing the pool of suitable investment options and making gold less costly to hold." Second. Lingering fears of competitive currency devaluations and potentially and potentially fresh bouts of market volatility encourage safe haven demand. Wow! So what what this gentleman um, Bernard Oz basically saying is the fundamentals that we've been discussing on this show for years. Currency devaluations is a risk you want to avoid. How do you avoid currency devaluations? You have to have something that's a store of value, a hard asset that's been an asset for thousands of years because it is real money instead of money that can be printed or created out of thin air. Gold is that hedge. Silver is that hedge. So currency devaluations is, is a big part of it and market risks. More and more major analysts and and major investors are touting to get out of the market that there's a lot of risk in the, in the stock market and we'll talk about that in the next article. 18778 silver online to guildhallwealth.com remember you can use your registered accounts to start uh, getting some physical physical metal into your account as well here through guildhall. So this was a big week for billionaires. George Soros uh, made a lot of headlines this week that he bought an exorbitant amount of shares in, in Barrick and is is getting out of the stock market. 
And he's just one in a lineup of billionaires. And it's important to, to follow the smart money and see what they're doing because they're in it to make money and they see what's going on well ahead of everyone else. No I mean, just think about it. Someone who's got a $5 million portfolio can get access to a lot of information. Imagine if you're a billionaire the type of information that you're going to get access to. And of course, he's he goes beyond being a market maker, George Soros. He's a rule maker in this market, in, in the economies. So if he's touting to get into gold and get out of, out of stock markets, one should pay attention. You might want to listen to him. You might want to listen to him. Of course, his former chief strategist, Stan Druckenmiller, has also stated that he's now a large holder of gold. And recently, billionaire hedge fund manager Paul Singer is reportedly believes gold is beginning its global rebound based on the prospect of increased price inflation in the West and around the world. And what what he's essentially saying is that with central banks, what they're doing is they're going to create inflation, which will help pay them pay off their debts, and they're going to buy gold at the same time so that when everything gets revaluated, gold revaluates and they've got their money back. It's it's an amazingly simple mm-hmm. strategy which you can see the Chinese employing and one of the big reasons why Soros is getting involved in gold is because he feels that China is headed for a, a hard landing that you can't just create all this debt and fuel your economy without essentially looking like 2007 2008 in the US and that's what Soros is seeing that's what's being outlined in in this article by the from the Daily Bell which again will be in our newsletter that China could be looking for a hard landing inflationary uh, aspects happening in the markets right now and what better way to defend yourself with a low value asset right now, something incredibly undervalued like gold, where you could stand to make a lot of money. Well, the billionaires all over this, like a a hobo and a ham sandwich, they'll say we follow the same advice. How do I come to you guys and get that physical metal? So if you come to Guildhall right now, whether it's the website or a phone call directly to us, there are essentially three ways to do this. Number one, make a purchase through the e-store or directly through contacting the firm and take home the physical gold, silver, platinum, palladium, or the colored diamond that you buy. Number two would be you can store the product. Silver is cumbersome. If you have a 1,000 ounces of silver, you've got around about 65 to 70 pounds of silver. You're going to need a wheelbarrow to get it anywhere, and it's not convenient to be taking places. And, of course, in the same can be said of gold, it's smaller, but do you really want to have that security risk there? Probably not, and insurance can be a nightmare. So you have the option of storing it through Guildhall as well. We have a vault located in... Mississauga. That's an internationally renowned vault. It's a class revaulting facility. It offers you second to none insurance coverage. It can be allocated and segregated. We can give you the serial numbers on the bars, and that's key component of being able to have that storage option. And again, we'll discuss that further in the show. And the third option is to take that a step further. If you have a registered fund, an RSP, TFSA, or you'd like to have one, a RIF, a LIFT, an RESP, you can put physical gold and silver, platinum, or palladium into those registered accounts. We've established a connection with a great company in the name of Quest Trade, and they are our partner on this. And we work very diligently on a weekly basis to get a number of people into this market. So across Canada, the response has been overwhelming to this option, and it is the third option. And if you have room within your registered accounts, it might be an advisable uh, approach to take. Again, give us a call, and then you can figure out from there what you want to do. 
1877 silver online to guildhallwealth.com. We'll take a quick break. Uh, in the meantime, the number is 1877 silver online to guildhallwealth.com. A couple things I want to remind you with before we uh, get into that short break. If you're uh, buying through the depository account for every 10 100-ounce bars of silver you purchase, you will get one 10-ounce bar courtesy of Guildhall. Using an account, RSP or otherwise, for every $5,000 U.S. invested in an RSP account, you will receive one gram of gold. David H. Smith, the senior analyst for the Morgan Report. That interview is coming right up. Stick around. Lots more of the Real Money Show on the way. Talk Radio, AM640. one silver online to guildhallwealth.com. Want to flip it over now to uh, David H. Smith. Want to welcome him to the show. Senior analyst for the Morgan Report, as well as a professional writer and communications consultant through his business, The Right Doctor, Inc. So we're excited to have David H. Smith on the show, on the Real Money Show. And uh, of course, most of the readers, having read through our Precious Metals Advisor this week, will have known about this interview. For those that don't, of course, we just told you a little bit about David H. Smith and, of course, his connection with David Morgan. We're happy to have you here, David. How are you? Very good, Darren. It's great to be here. Well, super. Glad to have you. I'll get right into the questions that we have for you, David. David, on April 27th, you wrote an article titled, A Gold Revaluation Could Transform Your Financial Status Overnight. I found the article to be frighteningly realistic, yet to the average mainstream person, a bit difficult maybe to comprehend. Can you give us some sense of the overall economic picture right now in the world and Give us a sense of whether or not we're seeing any positive gains here. Are we witnessing any type of seminal rebound in economic strength at all? Actually, to the last part, we don't seem to be, in spite of the government figures, which tend to be uh, changed the month after and modified uh, to be less rosy than they started out. Let me first start just by giving a very brief uh, valuation or definition of what gold revaluation is and is not. It's not a situation where our money is backed directly by gold like it was, uh, say, in the 19th and early 20th centuries, but it's an attempt by uh, the powers that be, the financial powers like the central banks, to uh, underlay the paper that they have created, the trillions of dollars in uh, fiat paper that they've created, with something of lasting value, which has been around and disguised, uh, had discussed as real money for 5,000 years. And so what they would do is they'd take a certain amount of gold and price it at a price that would hopefully reflect uh, a backing of, say, maybe anywhere from 20 to 40 percent or more of the paper they've created to give people confidence uh, that this paper eventually has value and will be paid off and people will get what they've been promised. And so the reason that this is being done is because of the mismanagement at all levels around the globe in creating excess debt in cropping up banks and other businesses that should have gone under to cleanse the system. And so what we have is a clogged system, which was never allowed to clear itself out, and it's coming closer and closer to a situation where it simply doesn't work at all anymore and just stops functioning like it almost did in 2008. So that's, for me, a very, very scary sign. And when I say that the average person might not have comprehended that article as well, what I meant really by that was that a lot of people simply choose to put bury their head in the ground. I know we have clients uh, that certainly buy through us throughout the year who are more in tune with what the markets are doing. And as I said before this interview started, tend to take the opportunity, even when the market's soft, to see that as more of a long-term entry point in continuing to stack their ownership and own more product. But I think the average person has been so overwhelmed by the numbers, in fact, that they're at a point now where they just don't care anymore and they're not uh, really paying attention to what the truth is that's out there. So this is an amazing thing for people to understand. 
It is, and I think there's a lot of truth to what you're saying, and accuracy, too, as well, Darren. And the thing is, uh, what we have, too, we have uh, obfuscation by the government. We have all these talking heads that tell us certain things, and people don't realize sometimes also that there's this complete uh, kind of a symbiotic relationship that is developed between the large banks and financial houses on Wall Street and the government policymakers and the press. And so all these people are in a collusion, and it's not a conspiracy. It's just that they all think the same way. They think that they know what uh, they're doing is going to work, but the more it doesn't work, the more they keep doing it. So they have to keep doing these things until they run out of options, which they're very close to doing now. And if the average person just thought about this, interest rates used to be the way that you could tell whether or not you should borrow money for a business or buy a new car or whatever if it made business sense. But since the rates have been taken down to virtually zero, and in, in some places in Europe below zero, where they actually charge you to have an account with them, we don't have those signals anymore to tell uh, whether or not we should do something. In addition, a lot of people, our listeners and their parents, they uh, plan to retire and clip coupons or get the interest that they were to accrue from bonds and, and CDs and things like this. And those rates are down at ridiculously low uh, levels that are much below inflation. And so that type of, that's just one example of how the system has become disconnected from the reality of the marketplace. The banks are trying to force people to spend more money, and they don't want to either because they don't have it or they're afraid to. And so they're trying to force this on them by ch actually charging them to keep money in the bank. And that just shows you how ridiculous that policy is. And to my knowledge, that has never happened before in history, in financial history. Yet here we are in modern day, and this is, uh, I wouldn't say viral, but it's spreading. It's beginning to take a natural course and bleed its way through various economies around the world. If we focus purely on gold and silver for just a minute, David, in relationship to what we've just discussed, what you were just mentioning, what role the actual fundamentals of the market playing as we proceed here into the second half of this decade well, the fundamentals, for example, of silver are getting more and more bullish. In fact, uh, there have been uh, figures recently re-released and re-evaluated for over the last 10 years or so, and we're seeing that not only was there just a shortage of uh, supply-demand, in other words, uh, the demand exceeded the supply of newly produced silver last year, but it goes back probably around to 2005, and so uh, there's a case to be made that over a billion-ounce shortfall occurred over the last decade, because more and more people are uh, buying an institute institutions are buying physical silver and putting it away, and now we're seeing an uptick in industrial demand, and that's one of the things that's made it difficult to evaluate where silver should be price-wise, because it's not just a monetary metal, it's also an industrial one, so you have that tug-of-war going on sometimes when the economies slow down, which they have across the world in the last year or so, and this, the demand for silver decreases in that regard, but at the same time, it's increasing through the investor segment. And so the, the fundamentals are becoming more and more bullish for silver and also for gold. And as you and I both know, and probably most of the listeners, there's a lot of gold around in the world. It's not like we can't find enough. It's just that the available gold for investment purposes is becoming more problematical because so much of it is going from west to east. The Chinese and Indians are accumulating it, and the Russians, and they're building their own base uh, for gold uh, as part of the monetary system. And they're they're bleeding that off from, from the west. And so so price discovery is becoming more and more a possibility to be happening in the Shanghai Gold Exchange rather than the COMEX. 
and we're not there yet, but we're moving in that direction. And uh, people that think that they can just kind of wait until they feel like buying some gold and silver if they haven't done it already, I think will be sadly disappointed because one of these days soon it will be much, much more expensive, and they'll find that in many cases it's not available for them locally to pick it up. We've seen that certainly as a case here in point at Guild Hall, uh, where we have, even from our major suppliers, major bullion suppliers out of the U.S., had serious delays in what had typically been readily available, let's say 10-ounce or 100-ounce silver bars, where you're getting three, four, five-week delays on real actual physical product that's been ordered. So much so that last year, coming out of June in 2015, we had almost a month and a half wait on some product that throughout this entire bull market, despite the price of silver even being much higher, near $49 an ounce, never ever uh, was delayed. So this is an inkling as to the direction we're moving in. And I find it very, very um, pertinent to mention the fact that here we are having an interview. I'm, I'm calling from Canada. Uh, you're in the U.S., but um, we're having this discussion in a country that is gold rich in resources, yet has nothing on, you know, from a central bank perspective, literally down to nothing. And you're probably aware of this, but earlier in the year, um, our central bank decided to sell all but about 100 ounces worth of, of gold left in the vault. You know, I read that and it just took my breath away. And I frequently go to Canada for conferences and I have many Canadian friends. And it just makes me sad to see the short-sightedness of the Canadian government in virtually selling away uh, what, what could be something so important to hold on to as a balance to the, to the fiat money system. And when I read about them selling the, the last remnants, like you say, I think they're down now to 60 or 70 ounces, you know. It's just stunning. And they're really going to regret that, much as the, as the British did when Brown uh, sold a ha- about a third or a half of the British gold supply right at the bottom of the market in the 2000. Well, what does it matter? Brown became prime minister, right? I mean, so he got his uh, fair share of reward for that particular decision. No now, kidding. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Now, we have discussed the importance of the fundamentals at work in the metals marketplace. We've also said many times in the Real Money Show that despite the best efforts of those fundamentals being in place and markets acting according to the plan, that it is often an event-driven market in precious metals. In general terms, and and by that I mean, let's say, for example, one week we hear about the Strait of Hormuz, the price of oil jumps, and of course gold follows, and it's kind of uh, the nature of the beast, so to speak, that this market is sometimes event-driven versus being moved by the fundamentals. In general terms, what role might specific individual economic events play in driving prices higher into a long-term sustained rally? Well, most of the events are many that we hear about, uh, whether the, you know, the employment statistics or uh, this type of a thing or what, you know, uh, purchasing price index and that type of thing. These things tend to be short-term in nature, although when, we've, when we really move solidly into the bull phase uh, of any given bull market, the events tend to be supportive in the direction of the primary move. Uh, but the big thing that is underlined is my colleague David Morgan talks about the bond market, which he calls the bomb market, B-O-M-B. 
because if we get into higher interest rates and higher inflation, those type of things cause the value of the bonds to go in the opposite direction. And there are every, many people from uh, garden invited people on Main Street all the way up to the big investment houses and pension funds have enormous amount of money invested in these bonds. And if the values start dropping, some of them are going to get margin calls or they're going to have to offset this type of a thing. So this, this is causing structural weakness that is going to become more pronounced as these um, systems get even more out of kilter than they really are. But I think you're going to find that the uh, people that don't understand this widely, the average person, doesn't get it right now, but at some point they will. And that's the whole underpinning of this whole system, Darren, is called confidence. And the government can't afford to let the public lose confidence in what they're doing, even though they'll admit privately they don't know what they're doing. So they come out with all this stuff and they make these changes and they keep pushing things in a way that don't make sense from a fundamental or economic standpoint. And at some point, you, you know, they're going to push too hard and stretch that rubber band too far out and something's going to break. It almost did in 2008, and the signs are that it's on the verge of doing that again. Uh, and also on this time, they may, Humpty Dumpty may not be able to be put back together. And we'll take a, a short pause. Lots more of David H. Smith coming up here on The Real Money Show. In the meantime, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver online to guildhallwealth.com. And as far as investing goes in precious metals, if you're uh, using your deposit account, depository account, for every 10 100-ounce bars of silver you purchase through Guildhall, they will give you one 10-ounce bar absolutely free. And if you're using accounts like RSPs, TFSAs, RESPs, any registered accounts of that uh, nature, for every $5,000 U.S. invested, you will get a gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall as well. Lots more of The Real Money Show and David H. Smith coming up. Talk radio, AM640. Back with more of The Real Money Show. Yeah, the number is one eight seven seven eight silver to start investing in real physical metals right now. Guildhallwealth.com is the website. Make sure you grab onto the Precious Metal Advisor, the Investor Kit. Uh, we go back now to our interview, continue more here uh, live with David H. Smith, analyst for The Morgan Report, as well as a professional writer and communication consultant through his business, The Right Doctor, Inc. More David H. Smith right here. I think you're completely right about that. And not only that, when we talk about silver in particular, I do tend to draw the analogy of a slingshot being pulled back, pulled back, pulled back. And a lot of clients will ask, you know, all this stuff going on, why is the price still low? And I said, consider it a treat. You're literally seeing a slingshot being pulled back and it's not going to take much longer before we see it let go. And of course, that tension is going to give way to a massive uh, snap. And of course, it's going to create a huge, huge jump in pricing. Now on that point, you mentioned uh, the Fed interest rates there a while back. Do you feel the Fed will increase interest rates in 2016? And if so, is it possible to provide your opinion on the long-term effects higher interest rates will have on gold and silver? And if not, what's stopping them from ending the cheap money and low interest rates? Well, the Fed indicated recently, uh, actually within the last few days, that they might do a rate hike in June, and this sent the market into a tizzy, and there was some talk that they might do rate hikes later in the year. The problem is the Fed is stuck between that proverbial rock and a hard place. If they, they, if they don't increase rates, the out-of-killer system that they have now is, is destructive to the system, and if they do increase rates, that means that the government entities have to pay more for the debt that they've already taken on, and, and they can't afford to pay a whole lot more than they, than they have now because more and more of that eats up the general budget. So they all of these, they've worked themselves into a place where they don't have really any good, even poor options, let alone good ones. And uh, so interest rates... You know, uh, gold tends to do best when we have negative rates, in other words, where the, 
rates are lower than the perceived rate of inflation, which is the case now, but also it functions well in a high interest rate environment. In fact, for people that feel that if the Fed increased, you know, the rates by 50 basis points or even 300 basis points, which would be 3%, that somehow that will kill the potential for a gold and silver market. All I ask them to do is to reflect back, and if they weren't there like I was in 1980 and like David Morgan was, when gold, uh, you know, was $850 an ounce and silver hit 50, uh, that we had interest rates as high as 16 to 20%. So the interest rates, per se, didn't kill that market. It was simply other factors which came in and uh, took, took out a market that had gone too far, too fast, and became highly speculative and broke down when the hunts couldn't, couldn't deliver on their silver. But now we have so many more things going on that whereas that was one or two elements, and very few people in the world, by the way, participated in that bull market, now we have dozens of elements which are all systemic in nature, interacting in ways that you and I can't predict, and nobody can, how they will turn out. And this is what's driving the demand in large measure by investors around the world. So in this market, we're not just going to see a few people in uh, the Middle East and uh, 4% of the American people, and that's about it, and a few Britons uh, participating in the bull market. We're going to see millions and hundreds of millions of Chinese and Indians and Europeans and people in North America, and they're all going to be trying to get uh, at that same limited supply as they lose confidence in the monetary authorities and in their political system. So this is a really big deal, and it's something that, uh, you know, uh, the paper price of the metals often bears very little reflection for what really takes place and what you pay for it. In 2008, when we had that crash, uh, paper silver was about $9 an ounce, but you try to find it for less than 12 to 14 to $15 an ounce. And the same thing with gold. It was about $100 an ounce higher if you actually could buy it than what the paper was saying. So the paper price and the physical price are becoming more and more stretched, and at some point they will become disconnected. Well, that happened here, actually. We went through that period at Guildhall, and of course people calling in frantically trying to buy uh, physical gold and silver at the posted prices plus the premiums when in fact uh, our suppliers weren't selling anything less than about 13 US was the cheapest product that we could acquire which was uh, you know an unnamed or, or generic product and it was crazy I couldn't believe how that happened and that disconnect that occurred and might I remind listeners that in the 70s from 71 to January of 1980 the price of gold traversed 2300% higher well, the price of silver went 3,500% higher. So that was a very important uh, decade in which many similarities are, are now, of course, being experienced as history repeats itself. But as you said, David, yourself, to a much greater extent. It's going to be a fascinating ride, and a person doesn't have to mortgage their house to make a difference. First of all, you're buying the physical metal, which David Morgan always recommends you start with first. Get some of that as an insurance policy. And if you make money on it, that's great. That's a kicker. But get that first, and then if you want to take more risk, look at the mining stocks and this type of thing. But don't be there with no insurance against your other paper assets because it will really limit your flexibility, and a lot of those assets could fall greatly in value in relationship to what the precious metals could do to help you out, especially if your own native currency weakens as paper currencies around the world are doing currently. On the topic of money, David, do you think – that it's possible in our lifetime uh, 
and what the effect would be if it did on gold or silver, that we will see a major currency such as, say, the U.S. dollar or the Canadian dollar really fall uh, tremendously down in value? Well, there's two things here. First of all, paper currencies uh, invariably explode and go to what they, what's called their intrinsic value, which is less than the paper and ink they're written on. You're seeing that going on in Venezuela today. Uh, you're seeing it happen in uh, Argentina. The first time that I went down there around 2006, I guess it was, it was like, uh, I think it was three pesos to the dollar. Now it's about 18 and so you can imagine how that has affected people's purchasing power there. They had a 25% devaluation a few months ago overnight. And so all of us are living with paper currencies that decline in terms of purchasing power. And not many people understand this, but, for example, the U.S. dollar, uh, you can still buy things with it, but it buys two percent of what it could buy in 1913 when the Federal Reserve was first created. The Canadian dollar, uh, as you know, moves uh, in different directions in relationship to other currencies. Uh, It was as low as about 70 cents U.S. uh, not too long ago. I think it might be up close to 80 now. But the point is, uh, a Canadian buying gold or silver, let's say 18 months ago, would be paying much less because their currency was stronger because it was about a hundred cents to the dollar than they would today. They're paying 20% more than someone with U.S. currency would. So we're all being impacted by the fluctuations of our currency and the inflation that eats it up and everything costs more in spite of the government statistics that show low levels of inflation. Uh, anybody who's been to the doctor lately or has been buying products at the grocery store or, the, uh, you know, the furniture store, or whatever, uh, and the service industry, uh, tell tell me that their prices have not gone up for what they have to pay, which means that the money in their pocket is able to buy less than it did before. So we're having kind of a silent collapse, and at some point we may have one that is very unsilent, that's very noisy, where the currencies simply are revalued against gold, in which case you would see, for example, if the revaluation would take place, uh, and people have discussed what that level might be, anywhere from five to $40,000 an ounce where it would be revalued in steps or overnight, you could imagine, let's say, if it goes, to, if it's $10,000 an ounce and it was 1000 today, then your currency just buys 90% less than it did the day before. So a revaluation in terms of gold would be a massive financial event on anyone that was not holding it, and if they were holding it, it would certainly brighten their day immeasurably. Well, that indeed is the case, and we're hoping that more and more people will see that light. I'm going to uh, ask you before we get going uh, and give you a chance to tell listeners how to connect. Um, Many analysts, such as yourself, refer to higher pricing in gold and silver, and in doing so, often talk about what they call pressure points or areas where the metal might pick up steam if we were to venture there or cross over. Right now, what are the near-term or end-of-year pressure points for gold and silver, considering year-to-date that they've both had a lovely run? Well, you know, I'll uh, kind of defer a little bit to David Morgan on this. Sure, that way, sure. He's wrong. <laughs> no, I can't be blamed. But I won't hold serious, you to it. We won't hold that. you to it. Yeah, he looks at 18. That you know, he felt that the 18 dollar level would hold things for a while on this first up leg, which has been very powerful. Uh, uh, gold has gone up about 250 dollars an ounce, and silver has gone up about four dollars an ounce. And as we're seeing, as you and I are talking, we're having what looks to be a pretty significant correction, which has been overdue. And indeed, it's healthy because we don't want to see things go vertically and then collapse vertically, and that's what would happen. So uh, the better thing to do, and it also allows people to make their own financial decisions 
is to have a stair-step situation where you have higher highs and higher lows, and this looks like what it's trying to carve out. And so we've had, as David was talking to his uh, subscribers just a week or so ago, uh, he said he felt $18 and $1,300 for gold would hold things over the near term, and it would have difficulty punching through that on a closing basis. But, of course, anything could happen. But the point is, as you were saying earlier when we were talking, this is an opportunity with what we've seen the last few days for people to go in and make the purchases that they've been holding off on or if they didn't get started, give them an opportunity to go in and market tranches uh, and have a nice average price rather than just trying to buy when everybody else says, says it's too late to, to buy, you know. Well, either way, the idea here and the conclusion and the takeaway from all of this is I think it's safe to say people need to educate themselves, be smart about it, and have some physical gold for the long term. David, how do listeners get in touch with yourself, perhaps with David, get on to the, uh, the Morgan Report? Give us a little bit of insight about how people can get connected in your world. Well, you know, uh, Darren, my primary focus as a professional mission is to support David Morgan's work as a member of the Morgan Report team. And so he has a lot of videos out there uh, on Silver Guru uh, 22 on uh, YouTube, uh, the Morgan Report. And he publishes, of course, the, the Morgan Report at themorganreport.com. And the nice thing about David's work, which not a lot of other analysts do, is that you're not just getting market calls and his views on things. He's actually teaching you why he looks at it this way and how you can look at this certain things and add to your own understanding so that you become a person who, you know, to use the old analogy, that you, you learn to fish rather than you be given fish. And so all of these different ways that you can access what David is thinking and doing and the other members of our team uh, really help in that regard so that you can make informed decisions and hopefully become a subscriber. But if you go to themorganreport.com, if you look at the YouTube uh, recordings that David has had and uh, his Twitter, this type of a thing on social media is very active on that, uh, you can become very well informed and uh, make a decision if you want to become part of, of our subscriber base. Well, David, it's been a pleasure having the opportunity to speak with you today. And, of course, uh, we hope that it won't be too long before we get the chance to do it again. Thank you very much. That would be great. And I wish you and all of your Canadian-American listeners and European listeners the very, very best. Thank you very much. Take care, David. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Again, David H. Smith from the Morgan Report. Uh, Recap, guys, what do you think? Well, I thought that that interview was very poignant in the sense that it pointed out several key uh, reasons why people should be flocking to gold and silver right now in ownership. And really, the other thing too is it really gives you a sense of how much the mainstream is unaware of what's actually happening in the world of economics and what their own countries are doing in terms of central bank policies. These are all reasons why we have insurance. It's all reasons why we go to a place like Guildhall. And when you do, I want people to know that this is physical. If you're going to buy gold or silver, platinum or palladium from Guildhall, you can make that phone call to simply take your product and take it home with you. If you've got to have it at your home safe, you can do that. And Guildhall really goes beyond just physical. You know, we hear a lot about people who are companies that allocate gold and and this idea of allocated gold. Guildhall goes beyond that, especially in the RSP or the depository. We go to personally allocated gold. It's not enough to just have allocated product. We want to have product that is allocated to you, the customer, which means that you can go and visit that product 
uh, you know, by appointment, but you can go and personally audit your product. The product is held outside the banking system. This product includes title documentation for yourself. It's, it shows this is your product. This isn't held by anybody else. Uh, there's zero counterparty risk when you own your own product. And so whether you want to hold that in your RSP outside the banking system or whether you want to just hold it in your personal portfolio outside the banking system, this is what makes holding physical precious metals so safe and Guildhall provides that for you. The number is one eight seven seven eight silver online guildhallwealth.com. The website, a couple of things I want to run through before we take a short break, and that is if you're uh, investing through the depository account with Guildhall, for every uh, 10 100-ounce bars of silver you purchase, you will receive one 10-ounce bar courtesy of Guildhall. And investing in that RSP account, uh, for every $5,000 U.S. invested, you will get one gram of gold as well. Lots more of the Real Money Show on the way. We'll talk diamonds after a short break. Hang on. Real Money Show, one eight seven seven eight silver And for the purpose of this segment, check out guildhalldiamonds.com. High-res photography of the entire and massive collection. Uh, you brought in something. First of all, they sent you guys an article this week about a crazy diamond that went for sale. Yeah, you're getting really good at that. You could buy like a small country for what this thing went for. And you got a couple featured diamonds which are out of this world. Let's get into it. Yeah. Well, listen. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't Why don't you take the floor and tell us a little bit? You're referring to the blue diamond, Jonathan, mm-hmm. correct? Yep. The Oppenheimer. Tell us a bit about it, Jeremy. Twenty five minutes, Darren. That's what it took to create yet another record right. auction. Uh, creating more and more records at auction are natural fancy colored diamonds, and this one in particular is a fourteen point six two carat blue Jeez. diamond, fancy vivid, and uh, again a record setting amount of $57,541,779. So, 4 million per carat. It right. Yeah, and I remember I remember the whistle I can't quite remember what the Whittles back got, but I think it was in the 2 or 3. That's a new so, world record for per carat price for blue. It's unbelievable. And let's it will revisit drag that diamond in 5 years. It'll drag right? all the pricing up. Yeah. Definitely. The question becomes really why is someone spending that sort of right. money? Correct. Well, I mean, obviously, this is an extension of what we do in gold and silver. Hard assets not only extend themselves to metals and things of that nature, it covers the topic of colored diamonds. No different than if you were to turn on the TV and see a car auction. You look at a car that's built in 1967. It's all original. It's got less than 10,000 miles on it. The car originally brand new in in U.S. dollars might have been $3,000, $3,500, which at the time was very expensive. Fast forward to today, and they have that car available at auction, and the car goes for 225000 Well, yeah. what is so special about that? Well, number one, it's rare. There are no two like it on the face of the earth. The same thing extends to holding a colored diamond. And beyond that, its similarities are that it ensures wealth. Over time, there are no examples that we could share, that we could dig up, in which we could note a sizable diamond going to auction that upon its second time at auction sold for less than the first time. It's no different than a Picasso or a piece of art that's worth a lot of money. Every five or six or 10 or 15 years, that family may need to sell the item or may wish to have a different piece. And in doing so has an expectation, not something that we're going to guess at or that we're going to see volatility play a role in, an expectation set in stone that when they go to sell, it will be worth more than what they paid. The same thing is true of colored diamonds. And this is about hard asset investing in the sense that what we love about colored diamonds is that every year 
the next buyer is spending more money to buy the same sort of diamond. You know, the last diamond that sold at auction um, at a record of similar to this one was in 2015, just a year ago, and it sold for 46 um, for almost 46 million dollars. Um, it was a smaller diamond, right? Um, so per carat, it was it was doing quite well. But the point is, is that when you're holding a hard asset, every year it's going up in value. You know, if you were lucky enough that that you have a great aunt uh, who happened to buy a Andy Warhol or and Jackson now it's, Pollock or, or Jackson Pollock, and now now you your family happens to hold that, and you know there's a lot of Canadian families who have Group of Seven artwork mm-hmm. and and all sorts of other artwork, and maybe not maybe not every single item uh, in that asset category has done incredibly well. You know, we do come across. Unfortunately, people who have bought diamonds, perhaps in other places, we've never had this experience at Guildhall, but you know, maybe they didn't buy the, the same sort of quality. But over time, the type of natural fancy color diamonds that Guildhall has, I mean, I was just looking at, at, a, at an example earlier today where, where a client paid $11,000 for a one carat intense back in 2010. That diamond today, if someone wanted to buy that, is going to spend close to $25,000. Wow. So. You know, is it time to, to sell that diamond? You know, the client could make some could make could make money if they hold on to that diamond for another five, ten years. Mm-hmm. It's going to be worth even more. And in a pinch, that's the, that's the thing that we don't like about colored diamonds. It's not a liquid market the way the way gold and silver is, for example. It does take time to sell. I, I believe the Oppenheimer they did try to sell that diamond once, and it didn't sell. It's okay. Now it's set a record. You know, the family is quite happy, um, you know, the prior owners of the diamond to, to sell it. They've done very, very well. So holding a diamond long term just does its job. That That's what we love, love about colored diamonds is that, you know, you could buy a diamond today for 25000 a one carat intense yellow, for example, and that diamond should be accruing value of somewhere between 12% to 15% every year, which means next year, someone who buys a diamond similar to that is going to pay 12 to 15% more. And the year after, someone's going to pay another 12 to 15% more and on and on and on until such point that you either decide, oh, Let's move up to a diamond where yeah. we can get even a better return, or it's done its job. It's worth sixty thousand dollars. I paid twelve, or I paid fifteen. Kids going to school. Kids going done. to school. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And and what's again another part that's just beautiful about holding natural fancy colored diamonds beyond their beauty, of course, is you don't have to do any work. You don't have to follow what's happening. You don't have to watch a stock price every day. You don't have to, you know. Um, grind your teeth or, or chew your nails, you know what's happening. I mean, for us, colored diamonds is, is literally what you're starting to do. John, it's, it's, oh, look at another one sold for yep. auction. Oh, look, another one broke a record. Oh, another one broke a record. Well, how's mine doing? Um, and that's, that's really part of the fun of holding a natural fancy colored diamond. And, of course, even buying them are, are, are fun where you get to see all the different types of diamonds that are available within within one's budget and say, you know, which one appeals to me? Do I want a pink? Do I want a yellow? And uh, it's, it's, it's quite an opportunity for people. And we love to see people who end up collecting because they catch the bug. And then you realize you turn around five, ten years later and you see what you originally paid and what, what the new values are. You can see the collection, guildhalldiamonds.com. That segues uh, nicely into what Darren's got in front of him. And you've got a couple absolutely beautiful diamonds you just got in, yeah? 
I would think that these two diamonds won't last very long, John. Some we've had uh, around for, you know, the better part of a year or more because they're in Paul's personal collection. There's been no uh, real necessity to sell those diamonds. But when you come to certain pinks, they are fast and furious at some points in time. And these two diamonds represent among the finest of two diamonds that we've had in our collection in uh, in all of 2016 so far. So we've just procured these two. One is a 0.34 carat uh, intense, fancy intense, with VS1 clarity. It's an argyle, and the asking price on this stunning emerald cut diamond is going to be $98,850 Canadian. And the second is a 0.41 carat fancy intense uh, with a very high clarity grade of VVS2, which is going to be an asking price of 87880 Canadian. Now, both of these diamonds have not gone up on the site yet, and uh, they are they are or will be by the time you're listening to the show, as we're taping on Thursday, they should be made available. So mm-hmm. if you're logging on, if you're in front of a tablet or your mobile or anything that can access the uh, World Wide Web, please Go to Guildhall Diamonds, check these two diamonds out. They should be coming out in a mailer shortly. But for those of you who are keen on getting first peek at diamonds like this, uh, please don't think any any more about other types of diamonds. These are among the two finest you will get in the um, Argyle option and the non-Argyle option. So again, these two diamonds are absolutely perfect, perfect uh, options for you in starting your pink collection. One eight seven seven eight silver and as Darren mentioned, guildhalldiamonds.com. And, you know, anyone who's watching our website or paying attention to what's happening at Guildhall notices that we're, we're bringing in these, these high-quality, intense, pink, VS-quality diamonds uh, in terms of clarity, and it seems like we're bringing them in all, all the time. The fact is a diamond like this doesn't come to market you know, will come to market once every few years. And it just so happens that with Guildhall, the partners that we have, they know what we're looking for. And and it's almost as if we're getting first dibs at that because, you know, for for most people's purposes, whether it's jewelry or even investment, clarity isn't going to necessarily be be a priority for them. You know, if you look at the Argyle Tender, for instance, and you're looking through that list of 50 diamonds, 45 diamonds or so, and, and they show you the pictures of the diamonds yeah. as well. They send you a really nice PDF and you get to look. And the clarities are, you know, the, the colors are beautiful, but the clarities are awful. You rarely, really? see, you rarely see the VS quality diamonds. I mean, when you look at this 0.34 VS1, Again, 0.34 VS1, that diamond looks basically internally flawless. I was doing the photo of this diamond, taking the photo, and I could not see it. We have another VS, and you can see exactly where. And especially with an emerald cut like this, where you would see the flaws in in the diamond. But you would think that these type of diamonds are are actually more readily available than than they are. The fact is, is if you look at the appraisals on the diamond, and you look at what a diamond like this is selling for today, versus what it sold for even several years ago, you start to understand how truly rare they are. You know, the, the Oppenheimer Blue that broke records is impossibly rare. It, it just, it never happens. Right. Uh, you'll never find a diamond of that cut 
that size, that quality, that strength of color. You just, it's impossibly, impossibly rare. A diamond like this that you can acquire for under a hundred thousand is is incredibly rare. You just don't see anything like them. And even if you were to compare a few of the the pinks across the board that we have at Guildhall, you'll notice that they're all quite different, even though some of the qualities are similar. And you should mention as well, rarely, if at all, does an argyle pink of that quality ever come out uh, IF. They just don't. They're not made that way. No, they, right? they no. They you, don't you, come that way. No, you, you rarely see IFs. I think we've had one or two at Guildhall yeah. um, over the years. They tend IFs tend to be larger, I guess, because it's just the nature of it. Um, but we haven't seen many, many IFs. If we do, they go very, very quickly. Yeah. I think we had one a few months back, and that was... Snapped up. Non-Argyle. Non-Argyle. Right. That's all we need for this week. <laughs> Lots of investing to be done, whether it's gold and silver. You can start an account, RSP account. In fact, for every uh, $5,000 U.S. invest in RSP account, you'll get one gram of gold courtesy of Guildhall. And if you... Uh, Want to go along and purchase 10 100-ounce bars of silver through the depository account? They will give you one 10-ounce bar as well. Again, those diamonds, check it out at guildhalldiamonds.com. They're absolute beauties. The entire collection, for that matter, one of the largest, if not the largest collection of yellow diamonds you'll see anywhere. And guildhallwealth.com for all the other information, uh, the precious metal advisor, investor kit, so much more. This has been The Real Money Show once again. Talk radio, AM 640.